is the Inner Peace Podcast, and of course, this is my guest, Madam Joe. I appreciate you coming on today. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, how you do it. Um, okay, so I can introduce myself now, like, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> I'm Madam Joe. Um, I'm an MT graduate. I'm not using my degree, but, you know, I'm finding my purpose right now. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to study aesthetics, so we're going to see how that goes, but I'm also a dancer, so we're also going to see how that goes, but, um, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. For a little bit of background, I used to run a group at the Boys and Girls Club called the Dynamic Diamonds, and Madam Jo, JoJo, as I call her, was a part of that group, and, uh, I'm glad we kept in touch. That was like 2016-ish, 15-ish, I think, right? Dang, it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Well, DD4L. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Dynamic Diamonds for Life. All right. Well, I'm going to open up with a word of prayer. Is that okay with you? Oh, yes. Lord God, we come to you this morning, or this afternoon, actually. I'm just asking for you to show up in this place, and I ask that you get glory out of this episode. I thank you for allowing us to gather here today, and I pray that everything that you would have us to say comes out in this episode, and um, I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Okay, so today we are discussing discernment and why it's important to use discernment before you join into business relationships, personal relationships, romantic relationships, that whole nine yards. And just a little bit of a background about me. I am an aspiring counselor. I am torn between whether I am going to acquire my Christian counselor master's degree or my licensed counseling professional degree because they allow you to do different two different things. But in the meantime, I'm building this platform just to get my name out there and to help familiarize people with who I am and what I do and how I am. So I have a little bit of a definition before we get into it, and I'm going to go ahead and read that. So I said the word discernment and discern are derivatives of a Greek word called anacrino. This means to distinguish, to separate out, to search diligently or to examine. Discernment allows us to properly make decisions. It is closely related to wisdom. So what, in your definition, Joe, does discernment mean? Mm, Okay. Discernment, basically, I don't know. It gives me, it's like, I want to say intuition Mm -hmm. or like the spirit um, basically just telling me what's right from wrong Mm -hmm. um whether that's people um you know information um I don't know discernment I don't know I'm still learning about discernment Mm -hmm. and and how to like own in on my own discernment Mm -hmm. but I know like it's navigating through like the world we live in and separating those like bad and evil for sure um what would you say the difference is between judgment and discernment Oh, judgment. Mm, I feel like it would be the same, wouldn't it be? Because we're like using discernment to judge like a situation, a person. Um, you know, like if it's for us or if we should go ahead on that path. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be the same? Um, in my opinion, the difference between judgment and discernment is more so like judgment for me 
I think of things that a person has done before now. And discernment is more so of things that they're doing right now, like actively, how they speak, how they show up, you know, in certain relationships and conversation, their level of integrity, you know, so, so on and so forth. That would be my guess, but of course that's not a textbook definition. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so judging, okay, so judging is not discernment to you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Because judgment is like, so this is what you've done, you know, kind of thing. I think, I think of it in the context of like when you go to court, because that's where judges are, right? And so you've committed a certain crime and, or an offense, and now you have to stand before the judge and, you know, be held accountable for what you already did. And they decide what, you know, what your punishment should be. And like I said, discernment is like where nothing necessarily wrong or good or bad has been done. And you just have to do like more of an on-site, like on the spot of a distinguishing between like how, who this person really is. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's like, you ever meet certain people and you're like, something's off about them, <laughs> but you just don't necessarily know what at the time. It's mm-hmm. just like that. It's that emotional, spiritual, maybe uh, internalized level of decision making. Okay. Okay, so, you, so what we call our intuition, would you say that would be like our discernment or like mm-hmm. the spirit... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Most definitely. Um, your level of discernment for women, especially, we have a heightened level of intuition. Women's intuition is is not a myth. Like that is a real thing. For me, it is. What about you? Um. Okay. So, I, this is where I struggle because I have anxiety, right? So mm-hmm. I'm trying to. How do you say this word? I can't say it. Differentiate. Differentiate. Yes. That. I'm trying to like differ between anxiety and um, you know what do you call it discernment of course so I don't know I had to talk about this with my therapist and you know she's she's a Christian also Mm -hmm. but she says if you get like physical discomfort like it's anxiety because God doesn't work from like an anxious spirit Mm -hmm. and if you feel comfort even if it's bad news like it'll tell you like the next steps that's like your intuition that's discernment Mm -hmm. so like when I go into rooms and I'm feeling nervous and like I'm like okay this might be my anxiety mm-hmm. but like if I'm like okay I'm let me put I'm putting two and two together this might be my discernment like God may be saying something mm-hmm. so I don't know I feel like my intuition be going off especially with people because I kind of have PTSD yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word but PTSD from people being weird to me so I can kind of already pick up on like red flags from people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah my intuition be going off yeah I agree with that like and I think it's just like you know or a lot of people share that anxiety from walking into a room I know I do with new people like it makes me really really nervous even if I don't have a reason to immediately be nervous it's just, it's just... a new environment and so I'm like my sentence my senses are heightened at the time and it just like you said it's, it's kind of uncomfortable but I feel like discernment is like, say if you meet some kind of weird guy <laughs> and you're trying to walk to your car and he's like, hey, do you need a ride home? You could just jump into my car and it's like, mm. <laughs> now, now you know, you know. 
different. No, that's been me. I'd be like, mm, I feel like I'll like it's you're a good person. I want to believe you are, but at the same time, like I like envision like stuff off the news and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna be that person. So I'm a like, I'm gonna just make sure I'm not that person. So mm-hmm. I need to decline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, it's that. I think that's a good thing too, because a lot of people will feel that and they won't trust their feelings enough to make a decision that's in line with that those feelings and so they'll just be like oh well, i'm just maybe i'm worrying maybe i'm being crazy and they'll go against that feeling and that starts to diminish your decision making abilities in my opinion yeah, that's me <laughs> <laughs> oh that's me yes why do you think you do it i don't know okay i guess i'm like i'm I don't want to say I'm an empath because mm-hmm. like, I feel like empath is like, you know, you start, you feel for other people, like, but how do I, I'm trying to think of like what the word would be like to categorize me, but I basically see the good in everybody. Mm-hmm. And that usually clouds like my, like for me to use discernment, like <laughs> I'm always just like, Oh, they're good. They're good. Let me, I'm just being paranoid. That's my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then when it happens to me, I'm like, Joe, you didn't trust your, like, I just, I don't know. I just be so mad at myself. You'd be looking back on your, your decisions like, yes. I think that's natural. I mean, I think everybody goes through a stage of where that's the case. I definitely have, but I think that's just you. And I'm not trying to say it like that because I know you, you are young, but you haven't been through enough things to know what's what and so I guess is it you just not wanting to be too hardcore on your standards is it you you trying to give them the benefit of the doubt how would you say that yeah okay yes it's definitely benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. like okay so for instance like in friendships like I just kept getting hurt and like but that's also because of myself like not having boundaries and stuff Mm -hmm. but you know I try to like shut myself down from making friends and you know, opening myself up. So when new people would come, I'm like, they're not like these people, but they're showing me the same signs as those people. I'm just like, no. Mm-hmm. And then I just like, I always, I have to stop giving people the benefit of the doubt, like, mm-hmm. and just trust that little, that little person, like whispering in my ear, like, don't do it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the start. I feel like that's my angel telling me. I mean, I, I I can't I don't like uh, telling you what certain things are I don't like defining that for other people but what? since you already have a suspicion that that's the case I would tell you to explore that you said you don't you said that pretty confidently you said I don't have boundaries is that something that you prefer to not have or is it something that you just have yet to establish what um that's actually something I'm working on in therapy because mm-hmm. Like, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Mm. <laughs> so I'm trying to, like, create boundaries um, so that way, like, people stay in my life. But at the same time, like, the reason I didn't have boundaries because, like, you know, like, okay, pe- other people benefited from me not having boundaries. Mm-hmm. So when I create boundaries now, I feel like, oh, like, I'm going to lose them. Mm. So so I, I'm trying to create, like, a balance and still keep those people. And if they don't work out, if I create boundaries and, like, those people are giving me signs like they're not respecting my boundaries. I have to just trust my discernment and be like, okay, these people aren't for me. Like, you're not respecting my boundaries. You keep crossing them. Let me just, you know. And let that go from there. Existate left. Big fact. 
All right, so I'm going to go to my first Bible verse, right? Okay. Okay, so I got Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And so why I picked that verse is because I believe that when you're walking in obedience, God gives you certain insight into certain situations. And so it's not just you. It's not just left up to you and your own personal judgment to make the determination whether or not this is a trustworthy place to be or this person is trustworthy or you can trust your heart, so on and so forth. Um, I also believe in bringing the Holy Spirit into any situation that I allow myself to be in. And so I'll pray about it. You know, I'm not so quick to jump into situations anymore as a result of me having gone through certain things in the past. And like you said, not having boundaries and giving people too much of the benefit of the doubt and just going with the flow too much. Mm. And so we can kind of go back and forth with that. What was your first verse that you had concerning discernment? Um, okay, so I can read my first scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay, Um. so first one, this has to do like what we talked about recently, like about the whole um like trends and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um this one is hebrew 5 13 through 14 um for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the world of righteousness mm-hmm. for he is a babe 14 but solid foods belong to those who are of full age that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised and discern but both good and evil mm-hmm. um for that one i don't know that one came to me like i felt like it was i don't want to say it was a read but it was basically reading me because you versus me versus the whole trends like hot girl summer soft the soft girl trend yeah, yeah. <laughs> soft, soft, soft. <laughs> like how you were talking about like you wish everybody had like their own identity. You wish women were weren't so easily like falling for trends mm-hmm. or being conformed by like the world and stuff. And then I, I was kind of like, dang, like maybe I don't like I I need to build my discernment, right? Like what is for me, what path is for me instead mm-hmm. of following everybody else's path. Yeah, yeah. And like, like I felt like I am like the babe. I'm like the person who's you know drinking the milk. I'm unskilled. I'm not really my eyes aren't really open like God's like I don't know I, I know how I'm like how I feel it in my heart but I don't know how, how to say it mm-hmm. like it's like you're the person you're the one who can eat solid foods right like right. you're discerned between good and evil like what's good what's not for you and I'm like the babe I'm just taking in the milk like I'm not even thinking about anything and I'm just taking in the trends taking in the trends mm-hmm. thinking like okay this is for me and I just have to grow like spiritually like mature Mm -hmm. to like like to not be conformed by those things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so I watched this he's a pastor in Atlanta I think either Atlanta or Texas somewhere his name is R.C. Blake and he was talking about um, femininity. I was listening to this last night while I was at work, and he said something along the lines of, because he was talking about or trying to figure out why almost every woman that you see on Instagram is either dropping it and busting it open and half naked and, you know, they got their bodies out, and he's just like, no man is going to marry a woman with her body out on social media. And he was like, I don't understand why. Why do y'all do that? And I just kept thinking to myself, like, and I know you can relate to this, like, I follow Meg Thee Stallion. I follow so many different women in music on social media. 
or like um you posted her just a minute ago actually um what's her name from uh the city girls uh, young, miami. young miami now they're Social media accounts are full of posts where they're half naked, half, you know, doing the most. And they look good and they get what? They get a hundred a million likes, right? They get a lot of followers. They have a huge following. They have a lot of fans that support them. And so I think that that kind of unconsciously influences a lot of women in not so great ways to kind of mimic them. You know, and walk in that same type of along that same type of path and that's why I'm saying that's what I, when we were talking I wish women thought more for themselves it's like yeah Meg Thee Stallion is a millionaire billionaire whatever and Young Miami the same and so on and so forth but is this right for me is the question that you should ask before you follow suit and start fashioning yourselves after women um, who do that what do you think no I agree because <laughs> No, I agree. Like, okay, for the city girls, you know how they're about like get get chores, but like if you're gonna be in a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, spend his money, all that. And I was like, okay, I like the confidence and stuff, yeah. but yeah. I that's the part I can't get with. Like, like if I'm jumping in a relationship, I don't want to jump in a relationship because like I'm I just want like some money or mm-hmm. you know, like I don't know. It's just not I don't know. It's just not beneficial. It's not the ideal relationship. Yeah, yeah. I would want. So that's why I'm just like, mm, I want to be a city girl and like have fun and stuff. But I, I want to come home to like, I want to <laughs> come home to my boo who loves me and like we don't have to think about money as like our sole like, like thing between us, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got. I know. I gotta. Mm-hmm. It's more so of me picking your brain because I'm like usually how we think is how other women think. And I'm just trying to bring that out more so we can start to, you know, discuss these things, bring these things to the table and, like, make some sense of it. Like, what? Like, what? like, you, like, you, said, like you, you want it to, be to be like, like young Miami? Young Miami. Like, like, can, like, can you explore that? Can you expound on that? that? What about what her about would her? you want that she has? So you feel like she's doing Ooh. Okay, of course, like, obviously she doesn't need a man. It's like she's independent. She has fun. She uplifts like other women, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I like mm-hmm. about her. Um, I, well, that's really it. That's really, that's really it. it. She's pretty, <laughs> right? She's pretty, and her everybody likes her her posts on social media. I'm like, I I don't really know a whole lot. I don't I don't I don't know a whole bunch about her life. Um, I don't listen to the City Girls musically. I've heard a couple of their songs, and like I said, no disrespect. Um, it's just uh, the lyrics. To me, the City Girls kind of come off like a Rick Ross. Like Rick, what I mean by that, Rick Ross, he writes about a lot of things that he's never done, and he's he writes about a, a lifestyle that he's not really living. And so I feel like that's what I get from the city girl vibes also Meg Thee Stallion and she came out and said you know I mean you know we know that she was in college and you know trying to get her degree and trying to grow as a person things like that but then in her music lyrics she's definitely not talking about that in short like (laughs) it's it's like you have to like draw a line at some point like of course we don't know these people personally 
these are people that we follow on social media and we just see what they did. We get glimpses and glimpses and snapshots of their life. And then we compile an understanding or a guess, or I guess an assumption of who they are from those things that we're allowed to see. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of form an opinion, which is not necessarily accurate. And then you start fashioning, fashioning yourself after an opinion that you came up with, not necessarily one that they set the example of. Right. And so I think where the enemy comes in and that is he sees the lack of boundaries in our life. He sees our lack of understanding and how we and I have to say this, it's a form of idolatry to look up to a person who has nothing to do with God and to fashion ourselves after that because now they have more of a say-so over what you do than God does. Mm, okay. Does that make that sense? Makes sense? Yes. yes. And so, so yes. There's, there's somewhat of um, what did you call it? There's, there's, your spirit is open to a lot of different things. Um, SZA for example, I think I've seen her, because I follow her on social media too, I love her music, and I'm, I'm a fan of hers, but now she's giving praise and honor to this African deity, and she's been posting a lot about that, like, I think it's, it was Orisha, or it was one of them, I don't remember the name exactly, but in all of her posts that I've seen in the past two weeks, she gives honor to that God, and of course, we unconsciously repost these things, not knowing that, okay, just like, you know, the commandments, you know, the 10 of them, it says, one of them says what? You should have no other gods, right? And now you're just, you just reposted this unconsciously because what? Because you love SZA and she posted it and she's pretty and yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> you just start going with the flow unconsciously. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And it's funny because I've been reposting some of the things she posts, and I'm just like, oh, like, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have posted that. That wasn't of God. And and not to say it like we all don't fall short because I know I do, but I just started, you know, since I've got, you know, I'm in my mid, like late 30s now. I'm 37, and so I start looking at I started looking at things different a while ago, and I started seeing how I got caught up. Like, where did this stuff come from? Cause it's like, it's almost like we just unconsciously, you know, just start remodeling and, and displaying things that we don't really care about at all. We just start doing, we just start going through the motions is, what, is the word I'm looking for, of doing these things just because we see other people doing them. And that's really dangerous. It's like, we only use discernment in certain situations. It's like circumstantial discernment rather than using discernment in everything that we do. Can you relate? relate? Oh, <laughs> it is situational. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm like, okay, how can I protect myself against other people? But like when it comes to social media, it's free games. Like, oh, this mm -hmm. is nice. Like I'm just following the trends. Yes, mm -hmm. it is situational. It's, it's, it's very much circumstantial and situational. And it's like making it plain. You never know how far off from God that you really can end up by living your life that way and not ever consulting with the word of God. And so 
The reason why it's important to consult with the Word of God is because you know the verse in the Bible. Faith come by hearing. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And what that means is you growing your faith when you consult and you look in the Bible to see what the Word of God says about certain situations. But if you never look, how can you say that you have God in your life? How can you say you love God? How can you call yourself a Christian? So on and so forth. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And so we consult with social media before making decisions instead of consulting with the word of God. We give social media and all these celebrities the influence that God wish he had in our lives. And then we get into situations based on that influence from the people that we really do respect and end up turning back to God asking for him to get us out of it. Have you ever experienced that before? Yes, I do it all the time. <laughs> I do that prayer, like, please, Lord, just save me from this. <laughs> no, and I could have done it in the beginning, like, prayed for it, walk me through it, and mm-hmm. not, re- you know, repent afterwards and be like, dang, Lord, just just one time, just get me out of this. Right. Right. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely, I mean, I mean that's, we all do it, mm-hmm. but, you know, I see. I'm I'm trying to hit on the the topics that I see are most prevalent on social media. Relationships, I I think, are number one because everybody looking for a bae and everybody's looking to get married and, and, you know, get on their way to a family and so on and so forth. And it's like, your path probably could have been straight as an arrow. It could have been that way, but you allowed yourself to get off the path by becoming intertwined with all these things and people that have nothing to do with God. And then, so how could you expect God to really step into your situation when you're not really giving him that consistent energy in the first place? Does it make sense? Yes. Yes. And so I just want to encourage people to personally be careful about the things that they allow themselves to be influenced by and the things that they subscribe to, things and people that they subscribe to and to legitimately consult with the word of God and see what it says before you're so quick to invest in crystals and readings and you know meditation and because many of these things if not all has nothing to do with Christ in the Bible Ooh, you did say that like when I had posted about like sage and mm-hmm. you know warning off and I was like oh this is in the Bible it was like yeah and I was like oh I do need to go look definitely go look I, I wish people did it more like there's this one chick I think her name is Stormy I used to follow her but I don't follow her more she be doing the most but she has a huge following but she be yeah we it's a couple of them like that but this one in particular um she be on there cussing and praying and saging at the same time and i'm like yo <laughs> who is you talking to <laughs> not cursing and then she'll like start talking to the camera and then she'll like go back into what i guess is supposed to be prayer mode and then she'll start saging and i'm like so what exactly is happening at this moment? I just am trying to figure this out. But I see, like I said, it's black people. The way that we should be walking in faith towards God is oftentimes a way that 
people in the black community walk in faith towards other people that they can see. And what I mean by walking in faith is that they don't do any type of homework or background checks on these people before they start copying and mimicking the things that they're doing. And that's, that's dangerous for you because you can, you can be welcoming things and spirits in your life that you didn't even know that you, you know, were asking for in the first place. But you're leaving your window open, your spiritual window open, and your heart open to things that could possibly be a part of your demise or, you know, your downfall, your failure, however you want to frame it. Ooh, that's low-key kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my next Bible verse was 1 Corinthians 2.14. The, the person without, without the, spirit the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. We can stop right there. Okay, so the person without. without. Something like the person who doesn't like ask or pray um, like from God or to God. Mm -hmm. Um they won't have discernment? So where this one in particular is coming from, so you know there, have you ever tried to talk to somebody about God and they just completely tuned out? Yeah. Like, oh, here she come. <laughs> God know my heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this verse is talking about them people in particular. It's basically saying um, or denoting how they're not quick to listen. It's kind of like they reject what you're saying and the spiritual things because they don't have the spirit of God. And so that's also another um, point of, I guess, that's just a point that you could use to pray. You can use discernment in that situation. If you see that you're talking to somebody about something of, you know, God or of Christ, so on and so forth, and they're not open to it, that lets you know that this person, God didn't send them to your life. Male or female. And so I'll make it more plain. So for example, I say my blessing before I eat. I'm out on a date, right? And I'm getting ready to say my blessing, and I look at him, and I'm like, you want to pray? And he says something like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't pray. I don't believe in God. Bam! What do you do? Ooh, mentally, I would have checked out. I'm but it'd be stuff like that. It'd be points. It depends. And I'm going to keep it real. Depending on where I was in my, in my man, what age I was, maybe because I'm 37, 15 years ago, I probably would have continued with the date and been like, oh, well, let me, let me try to see things from his perspective. But see, that's where we go wrong. And I'm, I know it's women out here who have experienced this. Maybe you didn't try to pray. You just seen that the way he was living his life was totally contrary to, to the understanding that you had as a woman that has confessed to be a Christian. Let's go to the topic of polyamory, being in an open relationship. Because there's a lot of men out here that's asking for that nowadays. It's become normalized. And let's just say he was cute enough, right? You did really, really like him. He was like, okay, well, he finessed you real hard and was like, you know, I got another girl, but I promise to give you as much time as I can. 
to always, you know, put you first when she don't need me. <laughs> However they would say it, put a, little, put a little sauce on it. Here you is going along with it. Because uh, a lot of women would go along with it. Mm-hmm. And now you've done what? You've compromised on your faith. You've compromised on your standards. Because I know you didn't come into the equation wanting to share no man. I know you didn't. I know a lot of women didn't. But they do. But this is how it happens. And so at those points where you can see that this person is not a believer, not a firm or, or uh, yeah, a firm believer of, of the Christian faith that you claim to be a firm believer in, that's when you need to really exit stage left. Mm. Well, you know what's funny? Someone actually said that to me like two days ago. And mm. I like him. See? But... <laughs> Because she was like, you know, some women, you know, they would just, I was like, she talking about me. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that, right? <laughs> so basically, we were talking about like religion and stuff. Mm. And he said, like, he believes in God, but he doesn't believe in religion. Mm. So I was just like, um, okay. Like, so you, are you a Christian? He was like, no, I'm not. I was like, oh, okay. Told you flat out. And I was like, oh, I was like, so if you have kids, are you going to raise them in the church? He was like, I mean, I'll raise them in the church, especially if my wife is like Christian, but. My camera cut off. And so was your response to continue to talk to him? Or was it to this is another thing that like women always do we always be like oh I can change him like mm-hmm. and my mom was like oh I'm gonna take him to church we'll go read <laughs> maybe he'll come back to Christianity I can change, I can change him. him yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he told you pretty confidently I ain't no mm, I'm not a Christian I, I believe in God but I don't believe in what do you say he said I don't believe in God but I don't believe in religion yeah he don't believe in religion Christianity like anything so he would basically just train his, oh, not train his kid, like teach his kids, like, okay, there's some, there's a higher power, there's God, but like no scriptures, no, like anything to guide them or like, you know, run to God when you have a problem, like those type of things. And I was like, dang, so you don't really, te- your kids can't really go off. Like, I don't your kids can't really go off anything. They need, I need the Bible when I'm like sad, happy, worried, um, you know, I don't know. It kind of... It didn't sit right with you. It sounds like... It didn't. It really didn't. But at the same time, I'm just like, oh, I can change him. So how many times have you been in a situation like this? Like you said, because you you started defending it before I even had a response. You said, I really like him, though. I did. As though to say, I don't want to stop talking to him. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like yes it don't sit right with me and like like how you said he said it really confidently and I'm just like mm-hmm. now I'm thinking like okay maybe he for real ain't gonna change like he's just going to church because I'm going to church but not really accepting it like and that's not what I envision I want I want like a husband like with when we have issues mm-hmm. we pray like not just be like oh god will fix it what and so you would need Tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. You would need a husband who had a, uh, a certain level of confidence in his prayer life before you got there, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do you think it's going to work given that he told you up front 
I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in religion and so on and so forth. Like, how do you think that's gonna work? I don't think it can. Like, we just have to be friends because I know in my heart and my spirit, like, I want, like, if I have kids, of course I want kids, but I want them to have, like, a mom and a dad that are teaching, like, both teaching them things. Like, I've also compromised, like, there was a guy, he, but he's, um, he, he was Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, the children could be born, like, interfaith, you know, and then they, mm-hmm. and they choose, you know, what religion they want to go to. Mm-hmm. And that sounds great. It's confusing. It's confusing you know? Yeah. It's confusing, and it's and I'm not finna sit up here and, and and put on like it's a whole bunch of sexy Christian men out here that you know <laughs> I know because <laughs> I ain't met a whole heck of a lot that look like the men on social media that you and I both know we like and. As far as I know, but I'm like, here's where um, the difference came in for me. Um, When I started to see how hard, how much energy I was putting into meeting a partner, meeting somebody and and acquiring a relationship, I started to see that the enemy was using that to bring a bunch of people in my life who had nothing to do with God and didn't want nothing to do with God because he saw that I wanted that relationship more than I wanted God. And that's how it works for me. And so, yes, I've been on, I've dated a lot. (laughs) I have a whole nother podcast where I talk about that. I've dated a whole lot and I've had a lot of opportunities to um, get married and be somebody's wife. But what it came down to was the principles and the belief system and how different we were. And at the end of the day, A lot of men can put on the appearance of God and pretend to be one way just to get you, but you have to think about what that's gonna look like on the other side when the dust has settled. And so if he's entering this relationship, this marriage with you, given that marriage in the Bible has a different definition than marriage in the world, you have to really ask yourself, what is this going to look like ten, five or 10 years down the line for me? Am I going to be happy with this? Yes, I'm going to be able to, you know, get on IG and take the pictures and be booed up and so on and so forth. But am I going to be getting cheated on in the background? And <laughs> like, is it worth that? Am I going to raise my, my children in the element of confusion or an environment of confusion? Am I gonna lose my faith? Am I, gonna, am, am I going to have to spend more time in prayer to God about my husband not making things harder for me? What is that gonna look like? You know, after later on down the line. And so I'm not saying it's impossible. It, it very much is possible, but I know God is a God of provision. Just like going back to Adam and Eve in the Bible, all the couples in the Bible, there were there were provisions made for people who prioritize God. Long story short. And there weren't a whole heck of a lot of stories that I can remember where there were provisions made for people who didn't put God first. And so you have to ask yourself, where on that spectrum do you want to land? And so discernment when you look at it from that perspective, it becomes more of a duty than an option. 
Because if you don't make the right decision for your life, you very well could choose this young man that you said you were talking to. It's your choice. God gave you choice. He gave us all choice. But are you going to be happy with that five, ten years down the line? If you cross certain boundaries because the way that it works for us as women, once we step into physical relationship with this man, if we have feelings for him, you just created a soul tie. And you know who's going to be hurt? You. Even after he done moved on, started entertaining other women, you know who's going to be wanting him to get right and shutting her life down? It's you. You're going to be left with the emotional baggage from that. And so it's not just, I don't get a benefit out of telling anybody to, to follow Christ. I don't, I don't get a benefit from trying to encourage people to do the right thing. Like this, it's not like some Mario coins that fall out the sky for me <laughs> encouraging you. I'm trying to tell you from personal experience because I've been hurt. And I don't want anybody else to have to experience certain aspects of hurt that I felt. It takes a long time to get over a relationship that didn't work out after you've gotten physically involved. It could be, it could take a lifetime, depending on your work behind the scenes, your investment um, in therapy and in your faith, so on and so forth. But there's not a guarantee that that feeling will ever go away for that person because the way that, and I know you've probably seen this because you follow Mike Todd too. When the way that God designed us is when we step into a relationship with somebody, that's supposed to be uh, an ongoing thing. It wasn't meant to, to, it wasn't meant for us to step into a relationship with somebody and to be able to step out emotionally and not have any type of iniquity, which is the, um, the withdrawal that you get from stepping into certain types of relationships. Iniquity is the residue of sin, in short. That's what you feel. That's the, uh, remnant of that thing kind of like when a drug addict does drugs and he tries to go to rehab he has withdrawals and he thinks about all those memories and times when he was high we step into a relationship and we break up we start to think about all those times and memories when we felt good it's the same thing and actually in psychology there's very lo very little difference between um ex-lovers and ex-addicts, which I thought was pretty interesting. The feeling when they take a picture of the brain is exactly the same. And that's when they took me aback a bit, like to know that I had the same physiological response as a crack addict when I leave a relationship. That let me know how I'm not playing a game right here. This is this is serious. Oh, so it's better to cut it off now. It's better, better to be friends than jump into it and then. It's better to learn how to set your boundaries and learn how to make that separation early on than it is to allow yourself to take those chances and get attached and try to repair on the back end. Because like I said, the way women are set up, we're not built to be able to have sexual interactions in relationships casually and just be okay. 
Like, you can't name one woman. Show me somebody who has slept around, entered physical relationship after physical relationship, and, and came out totally unscathed. You can't show me that, because she don't exist. But you can show me a bunch of men who have allowed themselves to enter physical relationships and can go on about their day easy. We not, we're not built the same, and I'm not saying it like <clears throat> uh, physical sin and sex is not as painful for men. I'm saying that it doesn't, it doesn't we don't, they don't wear the, the residue, the pain the same as we do. They try to go about life <laughs> sleeping around until they forget about the person that they were with. And some women do that too. It just depends on who you are. Um, the level of like, I'm trying to get to your level of spiritual maturity because like what everything you just said was literally like the definition of discernment. Like you're literally seeing it before it even happened. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that saying I heard? It was... um know Judas before he even kisses you or Mm -hmm. dang what was it it was something like that but basically like if I end up if I went in in a relationship with him like I wasn't even thinking about like the like the future how it's gonna be I was more so thinking like okay I can fix them that Mm -hmm. ain't that's not that's a challenge for me I can Like you said, you were once a Christian. That means you can be one again. Let me try and get you back. Mm-hmm. No, uh-uh. no. You, and then you start trying to make him fit into your idea of a relationship. You try to force him, force into, him that, into that, you know, space. You know, space. And it's like, and it's if, like he's, if he's the way it works. Well, I should say the way it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. A man shows his interest in a woman. The woman decides whether or not this man will be the one that receives her prize. And that's the prize of her presence. That's the prize of her commitment. It's the prize of her physical involvement, so on and so forth. That's why y'all had that conversation up front. Because it's just like, okay, you know, you know how when you go buy a car or you go get an apartment, you buy a house, you get a job. When are the rules laid out? Immediately. Immediately, right? Not six months down the line after you didn't work there for eight years, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. And so that was him letting you know, putting it all on the table. Hey, are you okay with this? This is where I'm at. This is how I see life. Every man does it the same way. Now, what differentiates one man from another is how you feel about him. And what boundaries and what standards you compromise on to entertain him in your life and your level of confidence and insecurity. Because if I look at the situation and say, oh, well, I mean, I guess I can't, I can't stand on these boundaries because I'm not going to get another one like him. It's like, it's a quick judgment. It's a quick decision that we make. And then now you just stepped off to the left into his way of doing things. Oh, ew, no. You see it? <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah, no. We're not doing that. No. It's just. And I, I'm going to tell you something, Joe. That men actually like for a woman to be about her her standards and her boundaries not in a because um, I, I see I see a lot of women being real bolsterous real masculine and overbearing when it comes to what they stand for and that's not it it's real humble when you are a woman of your word your life displays that for you so much that you don't have to say that and a lot of times, what I've learned in my experience of dating too, when a man takes me out and we go out on a date and we have a conversation and he's really respectful, pays for dinner the whole nine yards, and if I never was to speak to that man again, that's him making a silent admission that he don't want to change. Because he knew what he was getting ready to get into with me. A lot of times, women will take a man's attention as, oh yeah, I'm the one, I'm better than these women out here. No, not necessarily. Women make the mistake of thinking that the man is looking for the best woman out here and not every man is looking for the best woman out here. A lot of men are looking for the woman who is the easiest and the most impressionable. And they don't say that out loud. They just start seeing how you how you go about handling things. You're not really a, a woman of your word. You just wanted some attention. And he starts learning how to work you and deal with you and handle you instead of loving you. It's not the same thing. And so it's like all of these things happen non-verbally. It's not like a man, like I said, comes out the gate and, looking, and saying, I'm, I'm looking for a woman that's, that's going to put up with my mess and I know she's going to stay here and never leave me, but that's really what he's looking for. He's looking for, he looking an, for an, an, an easy, easy way, way into, into comfort. comfort. Mm. Wow. Like sneaky. Very sneaky. Wow. Sneaky. And, and I'm not even going to make it seem like it's such a malicious thing. Yeah. Until you had an uh, opportunity to get into the word of God, you didn't know what fornication was. You didn't know what adultery was. We have a nature as men and women that automatically is contrary to, to the word of God and God's will. That's why we have to submit and repent from things. We live the first portion of our lives as adults. Nine times out of 10, we make a lot of mistakes making a lot of the wrong decisions. And why do you think that is? A lot of reasons. Because you think this is better than anything that God could give you, right? Yeah. You think that you got this. You think that you know better than anything that your Bible can tell you, right? And so when you think that, the Bible says that's what you meant, that which a man think of, so is he. Whatever you think is what it is gonna be what you act out. That's gonna be what you do. And so it's like you can you could a lot of people try to negotiate with it and be like, I'm gonna go to church, I'm I'm gonna put a little money in the offering, I'm gonna say my prayer every other you know night, but I'm still gonna do what I wanna do. And then you God know my heart.
you think you fooling God to some degree, or even some people like on the holidays, those those Easter churchgoers, the Christmas, the holiday churchgoers. Actually, people legitimately think that they're doing something for God when you do these things on occasion. When you go to church on these special holidays or you say your prayers, you think you're doing that as a gift to God, and that's a deception. Prayer is your connection to the Holy Spirit. Prayer is where your superpowers are. Just like we said, discernment. Prayer helps you. Prayer helps you pick a, a husband. Discernment in the Holy Spirit helps you choose a mate. Discernment in the Holy Spirit helps you maintain your relationship. And so, if that's so, then what is the opposite of not having the Holy Spirit? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. If you need, if we need God, it says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, out of the Bible. Man cannot live with bread alone. Meaning there's a void that we started out with in this world. All of us started out wanting and not knowing how to feel that desire necessarily. And so we go through phases and stages where we try to fill it with relationships. We fill it with acceptance. We fill it with money. We fill it with uh, titles and accomplishments. Nothing fits. And then after years of doing it that way, we get to a point where we finally have messed so many things up in our life. Now we become open to God because we need him. And it's no more of um, a matter of a choice. So it's a difference between choosing something because you're desperate and choosing something because you legitimately believe that this is the best thing for you. We usually don't make those decisions at the same points and times in our life. You agree? Yes. But I do have a question for you, though. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so me who's working on like my discernment or like someone who's like listening and they're they're working on their discernment. Like I found a lot of scriptures that says like, of course, pray and like ask for discernment, you know, flee from evil. Um, but besides praying, like what else like can I do to like increase my discernment? Like get to like the level like you're at. So I'm gonna tell you what I did. I separated myself from things and people that I didn't think God would be pleased with me, you know, filling my life up with. And that was a sacrifice. So um, I have a podcast episode, basically 2021. I lost my job. <clears throat> I left a three-year relationship I was in. And I, I felt like God was trying to get my attention. And I was really desperate for an answer because I didn't understand. I'm like, I've been, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was living my life the way I should have been. But I'm like, when I got real, I was committing fornication. I was not being 100% of a genuine person. I was not walking in his word. I wasn't studying his word. I wasn't paying my tithes. I wasn't 
treating people with the same respect and love that I would want to be treated with in a, in a bunch of different areas of my life. And actually, it was 20, 2020. It was 2020, not 2021. 2020, two years ago. Um, but so what I did is I, just like you know you have to get up on time for work and you have obligations, I started treating God with that same seriousness. Got my time with God and like really hashing out like at 12 o'clock because I wasn't working at the time, I was on unemployment. I would sit there and I would study my Bible and I would really dig deep and see what God's opinion was on a lot of different things that I was experiencing at the time. And I would correct myself according to what I found out when I was studying. And so it wasn't just like me just reading the Bible because I felt like, well, let me, I am a Christian. Let me read some Genesis, reading something that's totally irrelevant to something I can relate to or remember. I really Google things like, what does God say about um, relationships? What does God say about premarital sex? What does God say about all these things? And then when you read that Bible, Joe, and you see what he say, it's going to hit in your chest. It's going to burn a little bit. <laughs> like, I, ooh, I did. <laughs> no, it was, it was like when I was reading these scriptures, I was like, dang, ooh, he talking to me. I, ooh, I started thinking about all the things that I did already or was about to do. Mm-hmm. And then God was like, ah, caught you. Like, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So pray. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have any questions, go to like the Bible, Google things, mm-hmm. um, separate myself from, you know, people who don't like embody like Christ or things that God says to do. Um, also like what you said earlier, like foresee things like before they even happen or could happen. Well, it's not so much a foreseeing. Cause I'm like, I don't want you to get into the, uh, what do you call it? The psychic type of thing. That's not, yeah, not, not quite. quite. <laughs> uh-huh. Not forcing. What's the word? It's, like, it's, more than more so what you hear me doing is rationalizing things and logically thinking through things from a biblical perspective. And so just using the word of God, it's just like, I really got into my word, like for real, for real. Uh, I mean, I dug in the Old Testament. I still do. I, I got me a... Um, this Bible here, and I'm gonna pull it up. I know you can't see it, but I want people on camera to see it. This is a, a NLT Bible. <laughs> You'll see it, the New Living Translation Bible. It's more of an amplified, relatable version of the Bible. I have a King James Bible as well, but you know, King James is a little bit hard to relate to and understand because it's in like old English as far as the text. But I really got into that NLT and absorbed that and I got into the story and the whole reason why Christ was sent the whole meaning of uh, him dying on the cross like I had to get a real understanding from a personal perspective of why I was doing this and I think that's what I want to encourage you to do because you you said you identify as a Christian and so I would um, encourage you to mentally prepare yourself for somebody to ask you why you're a Christian. Find out. Like, search 
the Bible, have an understanding, have a strong knowledge of it, because that's what I have. Because there's not too many people who can tell me something about the Bible right now. Like I, you have to go to my YouTube t page and and watch the videos where people have tried to come against me with it, and it just don't work. Because I know too much. I've studied a lot, and I'm still studying. And so that's my priority in my life is the Word of God. Down to my money, tithing. And even though I wasn't doing that before, I, I do it now. Because I believe that, just like you want somebody in a relationship that loves you mentally, spiritually, emotionally, supports you if they need to financially, so on and so forth, I now understand the connection between doing those same things for God and getting that out of life. I can't half step on my, my faith and my relationship with Christ and then be praying and asking him for all these things and I'm not reciprocating that same energy with him. Because everything that I have in my life comes from God. The sun, the air I breathe, my heartbeat, I don't control any of these things. I can maintain what God has already given me, but I didn't do none of this. And one, once I really allowed myself to humble myself and God to humble me, then it changed the game. Also, I would tell you to consider fasting and praying and starting out small. And I'm not saying just to go through the ritual of it, just to do it. I'm saying like I fast to give you more and make it more plain for you because I know it's not a whole lot of people out there that give you an example. I fast when I need to minimize my flesh. If I'm feeling a lot of lust, I fast. If I'm dealing with unforgiveness towards certain people or a certain person, I fast. To get my mind right or to really open myself up to God more, my spirit, I fast. I pray when I don't have understanding on certain situations when I have there's ooh, this is important this is good for women when you find yourself carrying around a lot of residual emotion from relationships or situations that you've been in with friends and people and family you need to take that to God in prayer because you need to release that if you're carrying that and allowing yourself to say that out loud sometimes crying in prayer sometimes really just allowing yourself to be emptied out spiritually and saying it all to God that has become so valuable for me because you know that's how I think that's how bitter women are created they don't have anybody to pour out to they haven't established a relationship with Christ to empty their spirit of all the things that they've experienced as far as trials and tribulations and hurt and that's why you start carrying your hurt into relationship after relationship to different men, expecting them to be able to take these things from you and fix you when the whole time, that's the whole reason he's coming to you. Men don't marry women to heal them. Men marry women to serve them and to protect and to provide for. We're the ones, we're the ones that's supposed to be rejuvenating the spirit. We're, we are their connection to God. And so when we are coming into this relationship, expecting a man that we're loving to do what only God can do, we create a separation in that romantic relationship. 
And now God's not in this because you don't you you've never allowed yourself to know God emotionally and spiritually and intimately to depend on him in prayer. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that was a spiritual read. <laughs> I ain't even try. I'm not trying to read you, Joe. I promise. No, but I needed that. I like honestly. When you was like, Joe, let's let's do let's do an episode on discernment. I was just like, me. <laughs> but like, I definitely understand it because like just going to the Bible and like reading these scriptures, mm-hmm. like. It was really speaking to me, and then I also started like thinking about like what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. and like what I be posting, who I look up to, and I'm just like, she knew what she was doing. <laughs> I promise you, I promise you, this is this is something I, I'm gonna tell you and be honest. I didn't have nothing planned to say to you. I don't. It's been a. It's been years since I actually seen you. Yeah, I look at your social media posts, but I don't. I don't judge you from your story. I don't judge nobody from their story because you know you seen my story. I be posting all kinds of goofy stuff all the time. I be I be posting everything, but I you know I just I'm speaking from my heart and I'm speaking from personal experience. And so I I think oftentimes because I've I've heard people say that like well you you why you read me you you know my life and it's like I don't actually I'm I'm talking about m- mistakes I that I've made. And you're just able to what you feel in this conversation is just points where you can relate. Yes. That's all. That's that's what it is. Like oh, I'm just relating too much to like what you were saying and mm-hmm. I'm just like Ooh, I need to study. I do need I definitely need to like talk to God more mm-hmm. when things are like bothering me. Mm-hmm. Also the fasting thing and just I want what I want to be able to have like that gift of discernment. Like I do because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'll be playing myself. It, it, we, I think, and I, I'm not gonna say it's self sabotage That's what psychology calls it. I'm, I'm, I was a psychology minor before I graduated with my bachelor's. Um, and self sabotaging is basically um, a description of how we go about making decisions before we come to a more self aware state of mind. Um, and it's valid because you just like you said before you had experiences where you know you can you can see that you have a lack of boundaries i haven't had experiences where i've i could see that i had a lack of boundaries and i wasn't carrying myself right he i want to i want to say this a lot of the outcomes that i've gotten in in relationships where i got hurt were my fault and for a long time, I was blaming the other person, but if I had to like really retrace my steps and go back over what I did and what I didn't do, I know up front, a man will give you his best because he don't know you. And then depending on, like I said, how much you like him, because I've done this, you, I started crossing boundaries because I was so anxious and so excited I wanted to give him what he wanted because he I thought he was what I wanted. And when I gave him what he wanted, that's when the the, the relationship started to deteriorate. Because he didn't get to prove himself. 
He didn't get to invest. He didn't have to go above and beyond. He didn't have to. Men like to work for what they have. I've understood that. I've accepted that. You look at Michael Jordan, the fact that he was kicked off a team before he was great. He, like, put everything into becoming the best basketball player known to mankind because he felt rejection. He experienced, if had, he would have not experienced rejection, he would have never put in the work. Men, LeBron James, same thing. He has millions of dollars, high, highly respected. Everybody in the world, every guy that loves basketball loves LeBron James. But to LeBron James, LeBron James is not enough. You know why? Because he's comparing himself to what Michael Jordan did. And he's still working towards that goal. And his main concern right now is why people have not been giving him the same accolades that Jordan got, why they won't put him on the same level as Jordan. Men love to work for things that are worth the effort. The right man. Now, there are also a dem there's also a demographic of men who are lazy. Those uh, hit it and quit it kind of man. As a woman, I learned that I had to be okay with, like I said before, with men walking away. Everybody's not going to be in love with me. Everybody's not going to be head over heels or madly interested in pursuing me and, and putting in work for a long-term relationship because a lot of men ain't on the frequency of a long-term type of um, investment. You got to be solid and confident and grounded as a man to marry a woman. And then it's the exact opposite for men who just want those quick, short, short-term interactions. That's the top of the mountain for them. And you, as a woman that values a long-term relationship and a marriage, have no business in the presence of a man that does not. Me either. Because you are wasting your time. And I want you to, to really take this to heart. Never give in to the insecure perception of yourself. Never do that. Because whatever you think you are is what you're going to walk out in this world. And that's why it's another reason why it's important to get in your word. You have to buy into God's definition and perception of you and let go of your own. Because if you look at yourself through your own eyes perception, you will never be enough. Ever. You will walk in that. When you see yourself through the eyes of God, it takes you to a whole nother level. And then men treat you according to how you see yourself. A lot of people want to believe that men treat you like, you know what I'm saying? Well, if you, if, if, what, what's the one? <laughs> if, if you knew my worth, you would treat me better. He's treating you like that because he can see your worth. Not because he can't. Men have been given spiritual lives a long time ago. They know when they're in the presence of a queen and when they're in the presence of less than the queen. They see right through all that makeup and Maybelline and, and lashes. You put that on. He can see your body language. He can see the fact that you are trying to hide your standards and, and your real desires. He can see that you're trying to cater to him versus standing on your word. He can see you compromising on your boundaries. He can see you going back on something that you said you never would do, going back on your word. 
He just never said it out loud. A lot of these women out here with boyfriends right now will stay just because he said, I love you. Oh yeah, I'm gonna marry you one day. After he didn't shot the club up two and three kids later, 12 years into the relationship, still no ring, no commitment, but you still getting that I love you. And you think, you think, don't, don't you think for one second that he didn't see your worth from the beginning. And also don't you think that he won't leave you and them kids <laughs> at the drop of a dime when he sees a woman that's really worth his effort. A man protects his heart. He protects his commitment, and he doesn't just give that to just anybody. If women carried themselves with half that level of confidence, we would have a lot less single mothers, a lot less baby mamas out here. A man knows the value of his heart. That's why he plays so much in the beginning. What's the hardest thing to get in this world from a man? His love, commitment, and attention. That's not a coincidence. If he felt that you were worth it, he would give it to you. Always remember that. We are an hour and 16 minutes in. And a lot of my notes I have covered except for one. You have anything that you, you didn't get to read all your verses. You wanna read the rest of them? Um, yeah, I'll go through these. Um, let's see. Mm. Okay. One, four, one, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. Um, James 4, 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Sorry, I have them written all over the place no, with like, side notes and stuff. Good. Um, I don't think I've read this one. Okay, Proverbs 12, 6, or 12, 26. Mm -hmm. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked lead them astray. Mm-hmm. And and the other ones, they were kind of pretty long, but it kind of like tied into like discernment. Mm -hmm. I like I like your verses. Can you go back to that one about I think it was your first the first one you read about the false prophets. Can you read that one again? Yes. Um where is it? Okay, yeah, okay. First John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the passing of Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels had a huge following. Like I said, I, I respect his following. Um, but a lot of women bought into his narrative and I could never for the life of me understand why they kept calling into his show to argue when I could see from jump Kevin Samuels wasn't a Christian and he never led on to believe that he was a Christian and so I was always wondering why why women felt like his opinion was so important like it mattered so much like he would say all these hurtful things about how uh, women over what, 35 or leftover women? 
and you know with women with kids and you know had a lot of harsh opinion about opinions about um women who weren't of a certain age and a certain dress size and so on and so forth so much so to where they actually started to believe that and the men were standing for him and believing it as well and so it's just like his opinion was elevated over the opinion of God you never consulted with the word of God to see what the word of God said about you because I've seen single mothers single fathers I've seen some pretty you know um tough situations be turned around by God there's nothing in the word of God that says that you are condemned according to the things that you've done there's life there's hope there's renewal in the word of God but when it comes to Kevin Samuels people literally would subscribe to his opinion basically telling them that it's over <laughs> and I never understood why that would why for what why why, did, why would you subscribe to such um, a harsh opinion and then it clicked in my head it's because people actually believe that in, in themselves just like I said to you earlier however you see yourself is how other people men will see you you believe that and somebody finally said it out loud and every time a woman called into his show, it was for the sole purpose of her being able to negotiate with that and change that outcome and trying to figure out what she could do to change that outcome because she thought she would die along as well. And you have to be careful with that because that just, that's a spirit within you that you've accepted, that you've allowed to get comfortable. That spirit of insecurity, that's not of God either. That's not how God sees you. And that's another reason why it's important to not subscribe to all of these internet personalities and prophets and uh, the manosphere, you know, just to kind of summarize it. There's a lot of men out here who like to break women down so much to where they feel desperate enough to submit to this man's will. It's easy to conquer a desperate woman in comparison to a confident woman who knows who she is. If you don't have any understanding of who you are spiritually or even in terms of your identity, that means you'll go for whatever he wants you to go for. It's easy. You do whatever he tells you to do. Not to say that men value that because they don't. But it just makes you more malleable and easier to work with. Just like I said earlier, not every man is looking for the best woman with the highest standards. A lot of complacent men, especially older men, want a young, impressionable woman to marry because she's easier to control. Not because, just because she's younger and prettier and can have kids. Trust me, it's not because she can have babies. Men don't marry young women <laughs> so they can have lots of babies. That's not why they're doing that. It's the exact opposite. It's easier for him to have his way and for you not to object to it. And the older women don't accept him. They're not putting up with his mess. And so he had to go 10 years back. 15 years back to a woman that don't know nothing about who she is in order to be happy in his house. And even then, sometimes it still don't work. 
Kevin Samuels also was married and divorced two or three times. And he never wanted to talk about that. But it still matters. It factors in. So just to wrap things up, I'm going to read this little passage here I got. It said, being prayerful in everything is important because prayer is our main connection to God. Prayer is an act of faith. Prayer is how we invite the Most High into our experiences and also how we guard our hearts. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You have any last things you want to say, Joe? Um... Do you mind like praying for me, like for my discernment? Mm, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm gonna close out with a word of prayer, and I'll do it then. Okay. Okay. All right. Lord God, we thank you for um, another episode. I thank you for everything that was revealed during this time, Lord God. And I pray for Joe, and I lift her up, Father God. I ask that you reveal yourself to her in a way that only you can. I ask that you make yourself available to her as she seeks you out in prayer. And I ask that you remove all the distractions in her life and make yourself known. Show yourself strong in heart and mind and in your presence, Father. Show her how to draw nearer to you in your spirit, Father. She has an honest heart that is open to you right now and asking to receive more of you. And I thank you for Joe. And I thank you for her being willing to listen willing to participate in the deliverance of your word on YouTube, on Anchor, on Spotify, and so on and so forth. Lord God, I thank you for this platform, and I thank you for everything that you have done in my life and everything that you're going to do, Lord God. I thank you for your protection and your provision. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Yes, thank you. You're very welcome. I appreciate you joining me. Yes. yes, I appreciate you having me. Okay, cool. <laughs> I feel like it works better when I'm talking to somebody else because I can do it by myself, but it just, it don't flow the same. Yeah. I feel the connection. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you have a good rest of your day, and I'm going to end this right here. And uh, I'm going to talk to you soon, and I'm going to see y'all on YouTube, all right? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.